everybody doing? That's whew, rough start, rough start. Probably need another week. You guys uh, need another week to recover. Man, I hope you had, honestly, I hope you had an incredible Christmas break, a good couple weeks uh, for those of you that got extended time off. Hopefully you had an incredible Christmas and a happy new year and all those wonderful things. We certainly did in our home. We had an amazing Christmas holiday. Uh, in fact, for those of you that are on social media and you do that whole thing, you perhaps saw uh, that we had a very special time in our home uh, for the first time. This is hard to believe for me, but and I'm still a little emotional from it, but for the first time in 24 years, um, my mother, my brother, and I were all together on Christmas morning. This was the first time, yeah, it was, it, thank, thank you, thank you, awesome. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. It was, it was really surreal, in fact. It, it's still emotional from it because, uh, you know, doing ministry, I've lived in a lot of different places. And of course, as you can imagine, that Christmas is the busiest time. It's kind of the Super Bowl of our year, if you will. And so you don't really travel, you're usually at work. And, and so the opportunity to be uh, with my family has, hasn't really happened. So it was, it was awesome. After the Christmas Eve services, we went to uh, Lisa's family um, for, for some time there. I didn't make it, but they were having uh, a time. And then Christmas morning, my brother pulled into town. And, and so we kind of did the whole Christmas morning thing around the tree. And then we sat down for a little breakfast and I sat there at the head of my table and, uh, and looked next to my, my incredible wife and then our precious son and my daughter, Emma. And then also at the table was my mom and my brother. And I just kind of sat there and I, I just, it just hit me. You know, it was overwhelmed. Probably a lot of it was the, you know, the exhaustion, but then there was just the emotion of like, man, my family, you know, is just together. And then the, the other part of my family that I love dearly was spent uh, with them the other part of the day. And so just a full, full day, full, full heart, incredible time. The whole break was incredible. And, uh, but I'm glad to be back, glad to be with you. And I hope that like me, I hope you had an incredible Christmas. Um, next week, I'm really excited. I wanna let you know what's coming up next week. Really excited about this. If this is your first time with us, so glad that you're here. And I wanna personally, invite you, invite everyone back. For those of you online, maybe you'll be here in person, maybe you come online, however you choose to do it. Um, next week, I'm beginning a brand new series, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute because I'm really excited about that. But I want to talk, before I talk about where we're going, I want to talk a little bit quickly about where we've been. Uh, hopefully, again, you had a great Christmas season, and we had an incredible Christmas here um, at the church. It was an exciting time. Uh, as you know, hopefully you were a part of it. Um, we had four in-person um, services as well as our online experience. We had over 1,300 people in our inn on Christmas Eve, over four services packed out. Did you, were you here for that? Did you have a good time on Christmas Eve with their services? We had an incredible time. So much fun. In fact, Chris is going to talk a little bit about that in just a few moments, but I was really, really excited about it. It was an awesome time, full, full services, great environment, great, just so great. And then after that, of course, as you hopefully knew in advance and hopefully you didn't come to the church last Sunday, uh, hopefully you didn't pull into the parking lot expecting the doors to be open or expecting a service or wondering what happened or what's going on. Maybe you thought the rapture happened, like where did everybody go? Uh, hopefully that didn't happen to you. If you logged online, we're really sorry, but it's just a quick close of the laptop for you. Um, but hopefully you knew in advance that last week we didn't have services. And the reason that we didn't have services last week is not because we're lazy. Um, it's actually because we wanted to honor all the people who throughout the year continually, faithfully serve you, 
serve us, serve the Lord as a church. We have people week after week who are here and it takes, so, you, if you don't serve in any capacity, you won't know this, but it takes so much more than what you can imagine to do what we do on a weekly basis. And, and so we have people right now that you obviously saw on stage, but there are people right now serving in rooms that you can't see and in ways that you don't know. Um, people who are making our online experience happen, who are in the far part of the church building and locked in a little closet, who are doing that. We have people that are serving down in the kids' wing and serving children and taking care and ministering to them. And they do that week after week. And we felt that it was important. We felt the responsibility to honor them and to give them a break. And so for those of us who are like, why wasn't the door open and I pay my tithe and the church should be, I should be able to, I get that. But we really feel it's important to honor the people who do what they do week after week after week. So that's why we weren't here last week. It's not because we're lazy, it's because we care and we care about the people in our community who do what they do. And so that's why we weren't here. So that's where we've been. I wanna talk about where we're going next week. Really excited about this. I'm beginning a brand new series of messages um, and it's called, What Goes Around Comes Around. And I know that the minute I say that phrase, what goes around comes around, you've heard it. Some of you are living it right now that what has gone around has come around and you're living in that reality right now. Whether it's in your finances, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's with your parenting, one of your kids, could be in your career, could be with your health, whatever it might be that some things have gone around and now they've come around and you're like, how do I deal with this? How do I get out of this? How do I fix this? Like all of a sudden, everything has kind of come to a head. It's come around and you're just overwhelmed. You're frustrated. You're scared. You don't know what to do. You're losing faith. You're losing sleep. You're bleeding money. Your relationship, your marriage, your, your relationship with your kids falling apart. What do I do? How do I fix this? Where do I go? So we're going to talk next week for a few weeks. What goes around comes around and how there's actually an exception to that rule and how it's possible for you to experience the exception of that rule. So hope you'll be back for that. I'm so excited about this. In fact, it was telling the first service, it really hit me. Um, what I'm going to be doing in that series, I'm going to be looking at a portion of scripture that actually spans decades. Um, and it's a portion of scripture that is famous. Um, the minute I start to talk about this particular piece of scripture, there are going to be many of you who are going to jump to the end and go, I know how this story goes. I know how this story ends. And that might be true. But what you will miss is actually all that happens underneath the part of the story that you know. And that's the part we're going to look at. In fact, I was thinking about this in 20, I've been doing this for 23 years now. Okay. This isn't my first rodeo. I've been doing ministry for 23 years now, and I have never never spoken or taught on this particular piece or portion of scripture. Never, in 23 years. In fact, I don't know, and I was trying to rack my brain, I don't even think I've ever heard anybody talk about this particular piece or portion of scripture. I've heard them talk around it, but not about it. And that's what we're gonna do. And so I'm really, really excited about that. And I hope that you'll be back next week to jump into what goes around, comes around, and how to experience the exception to the rule. Now, thinking about that, 23 years, it's a long time. It's a long time to do anything, really. 23 years, I'm like, man, I've been doing this same thing for 23 years, ministry. And there are some of you that aren't even 23 years old. And I'm like, I've been doing this gig longer than you've been alive. And that just makes me feel even older, right? Uh, and so I love the fact that I'm bald because the fact that I don't have hair kind of hides how old I'm getting. But I, it, it's honestly, it's hit me. Like I'm at that stage of life where I'm starting to kind of think in a different way than I've ever thought before. And you start to go, it's like, man, I graduated high school before you were born. Like, and there's just things like that that happen to me now. And it just, it just makes me feel so old. But in, in 23 years, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, the faces have changed because I've 
the places have changed. Like I've served and pastored in different parts of North America. I've kind of been all around. And so the, the places have changed, the faces have changed. Even the methods have changed in 23 years. Like I've been doing this. And so the ways that we've gone about ministry have changed. We're ministering in ways that I never would have imagined possible 23 years ago. Like the fact that there are people all over the world with us right now on the other side of that camera just blows my mind. Like never would have thought that ministry would be doing ministry like that 23 years ago. So the, the places have changed, the faces have changed, the methods have changed. But here's the thing that hasn't changed. And, and it hits me over and over and over and over again. And in fact, it, I'm more cynical about it today than I've ever been. And here's the thing, church doesn't change. Like the methods may be changed, but it's kind of the same thing. Like not just, you know, year after year, but week after week. Like you come to a church service and it's kind of the same thing every week, isn't it? You just kind of walk in, you say hi to a couple people, you sit in the same seat that you sat in last time you were here and you kind of almost feel like you're entitled to it, that your name should be on it. And you kind of know who's here and who isn't just by looking around because you kind of know where everybody should sit and you recognize certain people. You sing a couple songs, you hear somebody talk, you walk up and you leave, right? And you do that every time and it just happens and doesn't matter how often you come, you do the same thing. And the same is true for me. Like I've been doing this so long now that it feels like it's almost like Groundhog Day and I'm waiting for like, I can't even remember, who is it, the actor in that movie? Um, Bill Murray, right. Can't even remember. It's been, I'm so old now, Can't, I'm losing it. But Bill Murray, right? It's that movie where it's just, it's the same thing time after time, week after week. And it's the same thing for me. Doing this as long as I've done it, it's like I've had 23 Christmas Eve services right? 23 Good Friday services, 23 Easter Sunday services, and a whole bunch of regular services in between. And here's the thing. I know today that many of you have walked in the doors of this church or logged in from wherever you are with expectations and assumptions about what I'm going to talk about right now because it's a new year, right? So somehow, some way we're going to twist it and it's going to be, you know, new year, new you. And it's going to be like how to be disciplined and accomplish the things that you, you know, all the things that you set out to accomplish this year and all the resolutions. How do you be faithful to the resolutions you've made? And it's going to be this series about discipline or priorities and all this kind. And listen, I, I've been doing this so long. It's like, I don't want to do that. And the reason I don't want to do that is the same reason you don't want to hear it, right? It's because it doesn't work right? Let's be real. It's like January 7th and all the resolutions you've made for the most part are already done and over and gone, right? You were like, man, this year I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to eat right. And you're like, I'm making this resolution while I'm on holidays. Like how realistic is that? I'm January or December 31st starting tomorrow. And it's like, no, no, I'm on holidays. And so I'm eating all these leftovers and all these baked goods that didn't get eaten over the Christmas break. And you're like, well, actually I'm going to make a caveat to my resolution. And it's going to be in seven days from now when everything gets put away and I go back to the regular, like we do this and all of a sudden it's all over. And you're saying, oh, this year, I'm actually going to be on my phone less. I'm going to pay more attention. I'm going to be more present with the people in my life. And you make that resolution on December 31st. And January 1st, before you even get out of bed, you're on Instagram looking at all the people and how they celebrated on New Year's Eve, right? You're like, oh, maybe I'll start that tomorrow. Like, you know, and you, we, just, we just do this. And so for me to get up here on January 7th and be like, hey, we're going to talk about New Year, New You, and we're going to talk about all this. I'm like, I you've heard it all before. 
and it's not gonna work anyways. And you're saying, wow, Scott, you're starting off strong in 2024. Like you're so cynical already. I am, I'm just being realistic. It's like, what am I gonna say that's different than anything I've ever heard on a New Year's sermon? What are you gonna hear today that's different than any other New Year's sermon you've ever heard? And if this is your first time with us on a Sunday like this, maybe I should crack it out because this would be the first time you ever heard it. And you'd be like, whoa, that was so amazing. That was so profound. But for the most of us, I, I know it's not gonna matter anyway. So what do you do? What do you say? What do you talk about? How do you do this? Because the truth is, it's a new year. And while I don't know if it means new year, new you, I do know that there is a way to make this year count. And it's something that I am extremely focused on in my life. And it's something that I wanna share with you. It's not profound. This isn't some kind of sermon where we're gonna exegete a bunch of scripture and you're gonna be like, whoa, I never knew those two words connected or I never saw that passage and how it interacted with that. Like we're not doing that today. I just wanna take a few minutes and share with you something that I think, well, if I could pray and something would happen in your life, this would be the thing that I would want for you. And the reason I want it for you, if I can be honest and selfish, is because it's the thing that I want for me. And it's the thing that I'm praying about this year. And in fact, it's not just this year, it's actually my prayer today. And I wanna share it with you. Because I know that at the end of the day, as unique and as individual as we all are, we all span different demographics and you know, different you know, economic places. And we, we've all got different things and different priorities. We all have different home lives and we've all come from different places in the country, the world. All, we're, we're, we're so different. But at the same time, isn't this true? We're, we're all, at the end of the day, pretty much the same, right? What's the old adage? You know, we all put our pants on the same way, isn't that? And, and our something doesn't stink, isn't that true? Isn't that, isn't that, aren't those the sayings? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You'll get that, you'll get that one at lunchtime. But, but there's really, at the end of the day, we're, we're pretty similar. That we all kind of lead very similar lives. That we wake up, we might eat, we might not. Might eat a little bit differently than another. Some of us drink coffee, some of us drink tea. We, we say goodbye to somebody or maybe you live alone, you go to work or you go to school and you spend more hours away from your home than you do in your home. And you kind of do that whole song and dance. You talk to a couple people, you interact with a few people. You might eat something during the day, you come home and then you have something to eat. You either sit at your table or you take it and you watch it and you eat it in front of your TV. And then what do you do later on in the evening? You might look at your phone, you might talk to somebody, you pet your dog, you, you I don't know, what do you do with a cat? But you look at your cat and, and, and then, you, you know, you kind of do that whole thing. And then what do you do, right? You kind of eat something else or have a snack that you shouldn't eat too late at night. And then you go to bed. And then what do you do? You wake up the next day and do the same thing all over again, right? And pretty soon the days kind of bleed one into another and they're so similar, you can't tell them apart. And then those days turn into weeks and those weeks turn into months and those months turn into years. And next thing you know, another year has passed. And if you're anything like me, 2023 is in the rear view mirror and you found yourself saying the exact same thing I said, what am I doing? Where did this year go? That went by so fast. It seems like just the other day it was 2022 and now it's 2024. Like, where did that year go? I can't even remember what I did, where I went, where I spent my money or what happened or how I got here. Like life just kind of moves so fast. And this is true. And for those of you that are older than me, I bet you could admit this even more than I can. The older you get, it seems like the faster time goes, right? There's a lot of people nodding their heads and some of you young people like, nope, (laughs) not me. This year's taking forever. Well, hang in there. Cause I promise you, the older you get, the faster it goes. And it seems like the harder you squeeze to kind of hold on to life, the faster it goes. And all of a sudden it's just like, where did it go? And I look a little older. In fact, some of us look a lot older, but are we any different? Has anything changed? No, nah, not really. And see, 
I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not even trying to be cynical. I'm being real. And the truth is new year, all of us have things in our lives this year that we want to see happen, right? Like they're, they're, and, and they're not bad things. They're good things. Like all of us have aspirations. Some of us are goal makers. Some of us, some of us aren't goal makers. In fact, some of us are like, no, I don't make goals. I just kind of take life as it comes and good luck with that. And there's other people that, you know, we just kind of go about life and we're, it, it, it's, we've got careers. Some of us are in school. Some of us are pursuing relationships. Some are, you know, we're pursuing financial goals. We're, I don't know, some of us are big into like hockey and recreation. Some of you are into dance and soccer, which is nobody should be into soccer, but uh, so I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we all, again, we're all different, but we're all kind of the same, right? We just kind of go through, we've got, you know, we're trying to get that promotion at work. We're trying to get, uh, we're looking for a relationship. Some of us are in a relationship and we're tired of the relationship. Some of us are wanting a better relationship. Some of us are, you know, thinking of ending one relationship and hoping for another. We're doing all these kinds of things and it's not bad things. It could be good things, but it's just our life is comprised of all these similar things. The, the consequences, the stakes of it might be different, but it's just go, 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 go. And so we just kind of fill up our days. We fill up our weeks, we fill up our months. We fill up our years. And at the end of the day, it's kind of all the same stuff. And see the problem with that, this isn't a criticism of it. It's just the problem with it though, is that you can get to the point where you're so busy doing life that you don't live your life. You can be so busy doing life, just the, the monotony, the day after day of just doing life that you miss the point of life, that you miss the purpose of your life and you get to a stage and these things happen the older we get in these moments in our calendar where we're, we're kind of forced to stop and think and we start to reflect and we're like, where did it go? It's like sands through the hourglass over so the days of our lives. And it just, kind of, it just kind of pours out, it bleeds out. And again, I'm not, it's not bad stuff. It's good stuff. It's important stuff. It's stuff that matters. It matters to you. It matters to me. It matters to all of us. But our life is just comprised of this monotony of the day in, the day out, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after. It's all these responsibilities. It's all these things, these priorities, these things we focus on. And I'm not being critical of you because the same is true for me and the same is true for our church. That it's possible that we'd get to the place that as a church even, like as you and I, as we can you know, be so busy doing life that we miss the point of our lives, we can be so busy doing church that we stop being the church. You follow me? That it's so, it's so possible for us to be so busy doing church, doing services and doing programs and the week after and the week after and the week after and another Christmas Eve rolls around and another Easter rolls around that we can just get so caught up in keeping the machine of church moving that we somewhere along the way stop being the church we stop being a community that looks out for one another and cares for one another and moves along together and does life together. And so it's easy as a church, and I've been so aware of this recently that I can just get so caught up and it's just another, it's just another, it's just another, it's just another sermon series, it's just another program, it's just another event, it's just another this, a special. And pretty soon it just gets fuller and fuller and fuller and my margin is getting less and less and less. And then you know what we do? You don't do this, but I do this. You come along and you're like, okay, I got all these other things in and then, there you go, God. There's my faith. Thing that matters most to me is last. It's like, I've got all these other things. And if you're married, you know this, it's pretty soon your life just becomes about like saying hi to one another and passing. You're like ships in the night. It's just, you got one kid, you got to go here. One kid, you got to go there. If you're a grandparent, you got grandkids at this thing or grandkids at that thing. You're just, 
And then it's like, whoo, after six days of that, Sunday morning rolls around, maybe every week, maybe every other week, maybe once a month or whatever. It's like, yep, gotta go put in my hour because my faith is important to me. But in the light of everything else that matters to me in my life, it's just kind of an add-on. It's the thing that goes in last. It doesn't even really impact my life because it's not really in my life. It's just kind of, well, it's kind of in and not all, you know, it's just there. It's this thing. But you know what happens? And this is, again, this is not true of you. I would say this is, this is kind of, you know, Scott's, you know, honesty hour. But th- this is what happens to me. And this has happened to me, not just in 23 years of ministry, but in my life is, is I look at my life. And then in those moments where life doesn't go my way, when life doesn't go according to my plan, when life takes a detour, when all of a sudden the bottom drops out or the wheels fall off or the parachute doesn't open, like in those moments where something doesn't go the way I anticipated it would go, when all of a sudden my relationship falls apart or all of a sudden my finances fall apart because my job fell apart and the minute that my health goes or all these things happen that I didn't anticipate and expect in the routine of my life, when all of a sudden those things do or don't happen, do you know what I do? The thing that I add last is the thing that I look to first. And in that moment, what happens is I hold it up. It's the last thing to add, but it's the first thing I hold up and I begin to question it. I begin to question my faith. I begin to doubt my faith. I begin to hold it up and interrogate my faith. Where are you, God? Like, I, I, you're, I put you in there. I, 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 I believe, I, I say, I love you. I do the whole, I, I sat there. I went to service for a week that last month ago and I went there and I sat there and I, I, I didn't sing the songs, but I, I watched and I read the lyrics on the screen and, and I sat there and listened to the guy, that guy talk. I was there for a whole hour. In fact, that guy talked a little too long. I was there for 70 minutes. I did my time, I walked out and I came back another time. I've been there a few times. I was there Christmas Eve. I was even there Easter Sunday, the day that you rose from the dead. Like, where are you now? What have you done for me lately? The thing that we add to our priority last is the thing that we question and interrogate first when problems arise, when questions come, where there are no answers to be found, when life goes sideways, where, the, where our health is deteriorating, where our finances are going further and further south, when things aren't happening, when the wrong things are, when she's gone, when he won't stay, when your kids are wayward. We look to our faith and we question it. And then, you know what we do? And I know this doesn't happen to you, but I've been doing this for 23 years and I've talked to so many people that it's happened to. Eventually we get to the point we not only take this out and interrogate it and doubt it, we get to the point where we throw it away because we just realize, you know what? My life is getting fuller and fuller and this doesn't really work anyways. And at the end of the day, my life is no different. My life doesn't look any different than those who do that thing one hour a week. So what's the point of it really? And so this thing gets left out if not the last thing to be added. And this thing that happens to many, I don't know that it's happened to you, but this thing that happens to many, Jesus was so aware of this that thankfully for you and thankfully for me, Jesus spoke to this. In his iconic sermon, the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And the reason it's called that um, was, wasn't because it was a sermon about a mount. It was a sermon that Jesus preached um, when there were so many people that gathered around to hear him speak that he actually had to go up onto the side of a mountain 
so that people could see him and hear him. You have to understand that Jesus was the rock star of his day. In our culture today, like you think of the Taylor Swift tour that's going on and consuming the world, like she ain't got nothing on Jesus, okay? He was even like, we can't even understand the impact that Jesus made in his day and in his culture. And everything that he said was so different and so counterculture and he was so captivating that people wouldn't sit there and stare blindly while this guy talked. They would travel for miles, for days because they would anticipate where he would be and they would hang on every word. That the minute that this guy began to speak, I know for you, when I get up here and start talking, you've already got a stopwatch on. You're like, how much longer is this thing gonna go? And I, and I get all that, right? But for Jesus, it was so different. It was so different. It was like they would stay, they would camp out. They would just, they were so into what he would say that he had this ability to speak beyond and speak to the heart of every single person. What an amazing gift he had as God's one and only son. And as he would share, he began sharing this message called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, it wasn't a one-point sermon. It wasn't a topical sermon. He covered the whole gamut. Jesus talked about everything. He talked about anger. He talked about doubt. He talked about divorce. He talked about faithfulness and how to take care of the needy. He talked about money. Like he talked about everything that you can possibly imagine. You should read this sermon for yourself. It's so amazing, so compelling, so captivating. And then in the midst of this sermon, you can find it in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. These are the four books that we have, the first four books of the New Testament that tell us the life and the ministry and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And in this incredible iconic sermon, in this moment where Jesus is speaking to people and just, just, holding, just holding their attention at every word, Jesus says something that you've heard before. In fact, if, you, if, this, if this is your first time in church, you've probably heard some sort of variation of this, this. And if you've been in church, you've probably heard this sermon preached so many times. Like if you've been in church for 23 years like me, you've probably heard this at least 23 times. It's so easy because we've heard it to read right over it and to miss it. But this is so incredibly profound. Jesus speaks to this thing in you and this thing in me that just kind of adds our faith flippantly and then interrogates it relentlessly when it doesn't work. Jesus is speaking and he says, so in light of everything that he said up until now, this is Matthew chapter six, verse 31. Jesus says, so don't worry about these things. And these things that he's talking about are the things in life that consume us, that make up our lives, the things that, that keep, our, keep us awake, the things that keep us staring at the ceiling at night, wondering how are we gonna take care of this and how are we gonna make ends meet and how are we gonna get through this and how are we gonna fix that? Like all these things that he says we worry about. And when he's talking about worry, he's not talking about anxiety. He's not talking, there's a difference between worry and anxiety. Anxiety can be a health issue. Uh, it can be something that takes you to a completely another level. But worry is something we all do. Worry is the thing that weighs on our hearts. It weighs on our mind. It's the things that we continually revolve around and have conversations with ourselves about. It's the things that we wonder about and we worry about. And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And he says, so in light of everything that Jesus, in light of everything he said, he says, don't worry about these things saying, what are we going to eat? And what are we going to drink? And what are we going to wear? And all these things that we go round and round and round about. The things that make up our lives and the things that Make a, we make resolutions about and the things that we're trying to fix and we're trying to repair. He says, don't do that. And here's what he says. This is so important. Listen to this. He says, these things, these things that make up our lives and that consume us and, and, and all these things, these things dominate the thoughts of even unbelievers. So the, I hope I can make 
this make a little bit of sense in light of what Jesus is saying, he would be so much better at it. But he's basically saying there are two ways of life. And he's saying, there's this way of life and there's another way of life. And Jesus is saying, those who kind of live their lives and kind of take God, take faith, Jesus, whatever, however you want to frame it, and you kind of, kind of add it as an add-on to the rest of your full life. He says, even people who don't believe in God do that. So at the end of the day, your life is really, at the end of the day, no different than any other person. Then, then a person who doesn't believe in God, doesn't claim to believe in Jesus or follow Jesus, Jesus refers to them as unbelievers. We would use the term unchurched. You hear us talk about unchurched people. This would be unchurched people. People who are just living life, don't know about God, don't care about God, don't know if they believe in God. Jesus is saying people who worry about these kind of things all day and all night and all this stuff, even unbelievers do this. And Jesus says, I got something different for you. Not being critical, he's saying, but he's saying, I've got something different for you. And this is what he says. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father, he already knows what you need. And then he says this thing that you've probably heard before. You've heard it in some way, shape or form. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God first. That's what he says. Seek the kingdom of God first. See, you're pursuing all these things. You're making all these resolutions. You're trying to prioritize all these things that matter. It's marriage and then it's my kids and then it's my father. Like, and all these, you're trying to do all that. He's saying, look, you can do that. You can fill up your life pretty quick. And at the end of a year, when a new year starts, you'll kind of wonder where the year went and you'll make these resolutions that you won't make it a week through. Like you're gonna do that same song and dance over and over and over again. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Because even unbelievers live this way. So you can have this or not. It's not gonna make any difference. See, this is so important. If you've tuned out, tune back in. This is so important. It is not the things that you do occasionally in life that will change your life. It's the things that you do consistently in your life that will change your life. Can I say that again? It's not the things that you and I do occasionally in life that will change your life. It's the things that you and I, that we will do consistently in our lives that will change our lives. And Jesus more than anybody understood this. So he says, seek ye first, seek first the kingdom of God. For those of you who would claim to believe in God, follow Jesus, be a Christian, seek first. This is different than this way of life. Seek first the kingdom of God. And he says, or another translation says, and his righteousness. And then it says, and live righteously. Two things, seek first the kingdom of God, not yours, not mine, not this thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And you're like, well, what does that even mean? What does it mean to live righteously? It's a great question. So glad you asked. Live righteously. It's such an odd phrase. What does that mean? Because all of us could have different definitions of what it means. You say, oh, I'm a good person. What does that even mean? By whose standard are you a good person? By your standard? Compared to somebody else? Compared to the person sitting next to you? What is your standard? How do you have one? No, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and then seek to live righteously as a result of what you've sought after. What does it mean? And it really means this. Even if you don't know, the best way to find out is just to ask that question. God, today, I wanna seek your kingdom first. And I have no idea what that means. Would you show me what it means to seek your kingdom first today? God, I wanna live righteously. What does that mean? Great question. Ask yourself, ask your heavenly father. God, I wanna live righteously for you today. What does that look like for me today? 
God, I wanna, I wanna live righteously as I parent my child. God, I wanna live righteously as I parent my teenager who I gave them life and I'm kind of tempted to take it away, right? Like, like how, how do I live righteously as a parent? How do I live righteously as a spouse when he drives me nuts? How do I live righteously towards my spouse when she doesn't listen? How do I live righteously when there's a disconnect? What does that look like for me, God? I, I wanna know because I wanna seek your kingdom first. God, before I send that e-transfer, God, before I spend a dollar, before I go boxing day shopping, God, what does it look like for me to live righteously today? What does that look like? God, before I go into work, what does it look like for me to live righteously with that person I'm gonna interact with who doesn't deserve my respect? What does it look like for me to live righteously? God, this relationship is broken. I don't see that it's ever gonna get fixed. How do I, how do I live righteously in that? God, this relationship is the most amazing relationship that I've ever been in. This is the most incredible person I've ever met in my life. And it would be very easy for me all of a sudden to begin to almost worship this relationship. How do I live righteously in this relationship that I value so much? See, sometimes the questions we ask are actually the answers we're looking for. And so how do I live righteously? I wanna seek first your kingdom. And here's the payoff. And, and, and Jesus is so, I mean, man, he's, he's so incredible. You should... Oh, get in, get in the word of God and read the words of Jesus. He says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then this is the payoff. And this isn't the reason we do this, but here's the benefit to us. And he, meaning God, will give you everything that you need. Now, is he talking about like, if I just seek God first, is this like a, you know, one of those prosperity messages? And it's like, if I just seek God, all of a sudden, all these deals are gonna come my way and I'm gonna be, have all these resources that I never anticipated and everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows and I'm gonna be wealthy and all of a sudden, Rogaine's gonna work for me and all these, like, is that what he's saying? No, it's not what he's saying. But he's saying when, this is so important, when you begin to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and when you begin to try to live righteously as you follow him and as you seek him, he is saying the byproduct of that pursuit is that everything else that you think is important, which may be, will all of a sudden be impacted in ways it could not be when this is the add-on. This is so important. When you seek the first, the kingdom of God, when you seek to live righteously in that pursuit, all of a sudden, it changes the way you see your money. It changes the way you see your marriage. It changes the way you see your kids or her kids or his kids. It changes the way that you see the people at work, even the people you don't think should have a job there. It changes the way you see the baristas that are taking way too long to make that skinny vanilla latte. It changes the way you see things. It changes the way you seek people when you seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things, all these things, and all these things, and all these things, and all these things, and all of 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 these things will be added unto you. 
because they will be impacted by what you have sought after. And it will no longer be your kingdom that you're adding something to. It will be his kingdom that your life is revolving around. And it will change the way you see yourself. It will change the way you see your world. It will change the way you see the people around you. And it will change the way that you see your heavenly father. Because it will no longer be your faith that you interrogate when things don't go well. It will no longer be your faith that you doubt when things don't go the way you anticipated. Your faith will be the thing that carries you because your whole life is centered on his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and above all else, live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And then he says so brilliantly, because this is Jesus. So in light of everything I've said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about making new year's resolutions. Don't try to think about December 31st on January 7th. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. It's Sunday, friends. And you could miss Sunday thinking about Monday. And eventually it'll be December 31st and you'll wonder where did the time go and why am I still the same person? Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because it's not what you do occasionally that changes your life. It's what you and I, it's what we do consistently that will change our life. And if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and live righteously today, and if you seek first the kingdom of God and aim to live righteously tomorrow, I promise you that this time next year, you will look back on 2024 singing a different tune. I promise you. I'm not promising it's gonna be easy. I'm not promising it's gonna be fun. I'm not promising that there aren't gonna be hard times. I'm not promising that you're not gonna lose your job. I'm not promising that he won't leave or that she's gonna stay. I'm not promising that. But I'm promising that everything that happens in your life can be centered around the person of Jesus Christ. And as you seek first his kingdom, everything else will be impacted. What does that look like? Well. For me, one of the easiest ways to explain this quickly is what would it look like if you and I sought the kingdom of God as much as we scroll online? Just take those two and swap them out. Because you know what I do? I know you don't do this because you're, you're way too mature and, and grounded for this. But you know what I do every morning before I get out of bed? I don't even have the sleepies picked out of my eyes and I'm looking on my phone. I'm laying in bed like, oh, see? And, and, I'm like, and I'm like looking at what Johnny, the kid I went to grade, school in grade four with, I'm looking at what, he, what he's saying on Facebook. I haven't seen him since grade four. And I love grade four. I did it twice. And, I, 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 and I'm looking at what he, right? And, and then I get out of bed and then I go downstairs and I say hi to my family. And then I sit on the couch and sip on my coffee. And then I'm looking at what this girl I dated in grade eight the picture she posted, and I'm like, man, whew, the years have 
not been kind, you know? And then, and then, and then you, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Beauty is within. And then, and then, and then you know what I do? Then, then, I get, then I say goodbye to my family, and then I get in the car, and then I drive to the, all the way to work, all the way to work. I live two minutes away. I drive to work, and I get to the intersection, and the light is long there, so you know what I do? I look down on my phone. I know, I know, I know. it's against the law, so I have a way around that. I hold my head up like I'm looking out the windshield mirror, but I look down with my eyes. So if a cop comes, it looks like, yeah, you do it. Come on, I know you do it. And then I, and then I get to Starbucks and I go in Starbucks. I'm either in the drive-thru or I'm in the pickup lane and I, and, and, or the, you know, the line in the building because I go in and talk to people and I go in there and I'm standing and, and the line is long. Actually, it's not, but it just seems like it's taking a long time. What do I do? Wow, can't believe they said that. that you know, and, I, and I'm doing that and then I come to work and I work. And then after, at lunchtime, I go to the gym and I'm at the gym waiting to go into my gym class and, and I sit there and I'm, yep, yep, yep. And I do it all day. I know you don't, but I do. What, what would happen? Just not in your life, but in my life. What would happen if I got up in the morning and took that same approach, but instead pursued the kingdom of God? What would that look like? What would it look like? Before I even got out of bed, God, I don't care about what anybody has to say on Instagram or Twitter or X or Facebook or whatever they call it these days. I don't care. I want to honor you today. I want to live for you today. I want to follow you today before I do anything. Then I come down and I see my family. And I, God, what does it look like to live righteously for these two beautiful humans today? What if I do that? And then I get in the car and I get to the intersection, the light that's taking too long. And I just stop and I'm like, God, today's a new day. Thank you. And I want to live for you today. And I get in line and I say, God, what, is, what does it look like to live righteously to these baristas? What does it look like? How do I live for you today to people who are driving me nuts? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What does it look like to go to work and say, God, I want to honor you and I want to live righteously for these people that I don't even think deserve to have this job or have this position that drive me crazy, that are this, that are that. How do I, how do I live righteously? How do I do that today? I want to honor you today. What does it look like to come home and to be thankful for my family, even though I'm tired, but to live righteously for them and with them? What does it look like? And see, sometimes the answers we're looking for are in the questions we ask. And if I start saying, God, what does it look like to live righteously? So... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't even think about December 31st. Live today on purpose. And Jesus so brilliantly gave us a way to be tethered to this. In a room like this, not with as many people, in fact, there were only 12 people, 13 including himself. He was in a small room with a group of people like me who he loved dearly, cared about deeply, and in the midst of this, you know, celebration, it was a meal that was, you know, in their calendar. It was a holiday in their calendar. And Jesus is having fun with his friends. They're talking, swapping stories, telling jokes, carrying on, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seemingly, Jesus gets up and he takes a piece of bread. And, and he starts talking in what is, must have been to them riddles. 
and, and he says, this piece of bread that I hold in my hand, he says, this piece of bread actually represents my body, which is, oh, I'd have been lost there. And, and Jesus says, this bread that I'm holding in my hand right now, it represents my body, which will be eventually broken for you. Now, when you came in this morning, for those of you at home, hopefully you were able to find some elements. But for those of you here with me, um, on your chair, there was a little cup. And, and on the top of that cup, there's a little plastic film. And if you peel that back, there's a little wafer there. And I'd love for you right now to just get that wafer in your hand. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to take your thumb and your finger, and I just want you to rub your thumb over that little piece of bread. Think about this. This piece of bread represents the body of Christ. And he says, as often, meaning from now on, after this moment, as often as you find yourself in a moment, a ceremony, a service, where you are given the opportunity to take a piece of bread like this, I want you to stop and I want you to reflect. Better yet, he would say, I want you to remember me because your life, it's so easy for your life just to pass you by and for you to have no checks and balances and for life just to kind of go away from you. But every now and then I want you to stop and I want you to reflect and remember me and my body, which was willingly broken for you so that you could have a relationship with me. And so today, friends, brothers, sisters, I invite you to take of this piece of bread and remember him. Jesus continued on and he picked up a cup and he said, this cup represents a new covenant, a new arrangement, a new agreement between God and his people. The old has passed. There is a new one that I'm going to usher in and it's gonna be ushered in with and through the shedding of my blood. And as often, Jesus would say, as often as you take of this cup, as often as you do it, I want you to reflect and I want you to remember me. I want you to remember me as you seek after my Father's kingdom and as you seek to live righteously. This is a reminder of who I am and what I have done for you. So today, friends, brothers, sister, I invite you to drink and remember him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of a new year, yes, but I thank you for the purpose in today. And I thank you, God, that today is enough because today might be all that we have. And I pray for every single person in this room and every single person at home God, I pray that you would help us to discover what it means to seek your kingdom and to live righteously for you. May we seek you wholeheartedly, earnestly, and may we endeavor to live righteously for you so that a world might see you for who you are. I thank you, God, for this privilege to share today. And I pray your blessing upon God's people. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you're looking for ways to take your next step, please visit us on our website, bridgechurches.ca. Much love. And God bless.